and welcome to The Create Unknown. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. And joining us today is royalty herself, King Anna. How you doing, Anna? Hello. I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you guys? We're great. We're great. Excited to talk to you. Excited to dive into Discord land and <laughs> <laughs> having fun with your friends on the internet and having that like pay off for you somehow, which is like amazing that that's a thing. It's scraping the seedy underbelly of Reddit. <laughs> right, right. But the most important thing that I want to get into first is what is a boomer? Because, you know, like boomers are technically way older than we are, yet we did an, mm-hmm. an episode with Carson and the entire comment section was just making fun of Matt and I for being boomers. So. Yeah. Can you yeah. you please explain to me uh, what is a boomer? So you could say like, you know, there's baby boomers, right? But in our context of our generation, it's more of like either you can be an age of a boomer. I know someone who's 32, 33 years old and he doesn't act like a boomer. So he's not really like a boomer. I'm 23. Some people could say I'm a boomer just because I'm friends with 18 year olds and stuff. But um, <laughs> it's more... It's more, yeah, it's literally just if you're older or something, but it's more of a mentality. You know, if you're not like hip with the kids, if you're really far behind in like the memes and the culture Mm. and the way you speak and like, it just seems you're really lost. Like I've known some people who are like, even just my age and have no idea what's going on. We just call them boomers because it's a boomer mentality. It's not really like a age. It's more of just the way you go about life. So So it's about being (laughs) out of the loop. Basically, you're out of the loop of, of what's funny, what's fresh, what's relevant on the internet. So, <laughs> so you're a boomer. I mean, I didn't say it. That was the comment so section. I'm going to ask this for a friend. How, do, how does a boomer unboomer? How do, is there any hope for a boomer? Right. To, Are you permanently leave? a boomer yeah. once labeled such? Or can you I have no un-boom? idea. I literally have no idea. I mean, you'd really just have to catch up with the times, I guess. That's my fear because the internet is moving so fast. I literally just started watching Twitch again and I'm so out of the loop. I have no idea what any of the emojis mean. I have no idea what the culture is. And I feel like a boomer just entering that community, right? But I know Twitter, I know YouTube, but with that, I'm so lost. And I feel like one day I'm going to get so out of touch because I feel like the internet is just moving faster and faster and faster. And we just, it's so hard to keep up with everything. You don't go on the internet for one day and you've missed like five stories. <laughs> so you can be a, a boomer in, in different on different platforms, essentially, is what you're saying. So you could be the coolest person. <laughs> what is the opposite? I'm saying like the coolest person, which just shows how much of a boomer I am. Oh. What kind of hip daddy-o uh, non-square? So. <laughs> like, what is the opposite of a boomer then? Um. Well, I guess you could... It's so funny, like, talking about the terminologies, but, like, I guess you could be, like, an epic gamer. <laughs> like, <laughs> an epic gamer. Or, like, a, a Zoomer. People usually call, like, the younger generation Zoomers. Okay. Yeah, I think there was another one, but I can't remember the word. Um, I've heard um, Doomer also. Oh, maybe. Doomer yeah. is that's like... A, that's a slightly different flavor. <laughs> a really sad... Yeah. A really, really sad Zoomer, oh, I yeah, think. probably. Like, there's an element of kind of depression that permeates everything with the Doomer. But a Zoomer is yeah. like overly, like cartoonishly happy, aren't they? Don't they listen to like the yeah. Beach Boys? The Beach Boys. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh no no no! Zoomers <laughs> like that's not I'm Zoomers wrong. like young young people is that like boomer? Uh, boomer is like people who listen to the Beach Boys like yeah. the Beatles and stuff like that. Zoomer is like 
the people who are up to times with the memes probably play Fortnite like all the time and like you know like the young kids what she's trying to demographic. say yeah is that the, the zoomers <laughs> are constantly going down that old town road oh, yeah I think basically that's, I think right. that's what it is right horses in the back <laughs> Um, is Fortnite still part? Is Fortnite still relevant? I mean, when oh, when yes. does Fortnite become boomer territory? Mm. Uh, honestly, when the kids stop doing the Fortnite dances, I literally saw uh, the guy who I think his name is Lil Nas. He played uh, a song. He flew out to a school that was going crazy over the song, and I saw a kid Fortnite dance. I was just like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I saw He's this just, today. Like, doing the- Young uh, Orange Justice. I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> that video was remarkable. So it was, was it a kindergarten? It, they were young kids. Elementary, I think. Yeah, they were young kids. And, and little Nas X was there to perform the song. And it was in an assembly. Mm-hmm. And there were like hundreds of children <laughs> screaming every single lyric crazy. to that song word for word at the top of their lungs. <laughs> nice. It was pretty it was a pretty uh, epic gamer moment, I think. We need a, a cringe warning to pop up on the screen for some of these. I things. think just the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing like uh, this may cause seizures. Right. <laughs> that just comes up at the beginning, the disclaimer. It's just the cringe unknown. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> that's the new podcast rebranding rebranding yeah that's what we're going so with what's the thing that you are most out of touch with though so you're saying that you know some platforms um, really well others you aren't what are you just hopelessly boomerized clueless on god i mean like i would say like the boomer mentality is towards meme generation stuff mm-hmm. i'm genuinely out of touch with twitch mm-hmm. i used to watch twitch a lot growing up but i I got out of touch with it. It's crazy how much of a culture there is to it. Just like there's a culture to YouTube, you know, like the OG YouTubers, like we know them all. We know Shane Dawson. We know uh, Ryan Higa. We know like all these like, you know, Jenna Marbles. You know, Mm. if you don't know Jenna Marbles, like are you even watching YouTube? (laughs) But there's so much to Twitch that I'm completely out of touch with. I have no idea what the emotes are, the history behind the emotes, the way that everyone interacts and stuff. I'm trying to stream and I feel like I'm not welcome. And I feel like once you feel like you are welcome, when you actually say it's so funny to say but like when you say oh yeah i'm an epic gamer and you say like ironically you know and you know what you're saying then you're not like a boomer anymore it's so weird to explain there's a level of consciousness to this (laughs) yeah well yeah i've noticed i noticed you know the quackities and the carsons and the dolan darks Mm -hmm. They use that sort of stuff all the time. Or even uh, Max Mofo, you know, we'll bring back some super dead meme, like uh, Mm -hmm. my name, Jeff, or whatever. Right. Uh, And it's suddenly funny. That meme never dies. (laughs) It's more of, um, so there was this thing that happened. So back in 2014, 2015, Pyrocynical era, when he started doing MLG, that was over the top. You'll kind of see like that kind of style in like Quackity's videos. It's just really low quality, like not low quality in the sense of like, it's not highly edited. It just looks really, you know, you wouldn't put on BBC, you know, like it's just, <laughs> like, it's just really funny because it's just so, you know, the audio quality is purposefully like terrible. And that's what's so funny. And then like we moved into like, uh, I don't know. It's just, I lost my chain of thought. I'm so sorry. No, but I understand exactly what you're saying. I think of deep fried memes kind of have this same quality where you get something so terrible that it becomes hilarious. And and that yeah. was a, a topic of conversation with Carson in particular, where we were just 
telling him like you are the master of the dumbest things imaginable mm-hmm. and that that's part of what this is and i think that do, what do you think that is do you think that's a reaction to not being not wanting to be seen as like the bbc as being like a traditional media boomer like highly polished product do you want to do the opposite of that I think it's kind of just the internet has gotten to such an extreme of either you're very serious about what you're talking about, which is a lot of a lot of times we mock those people who get like super political about stuff, which I'm like, my Twitter is nothing like that. It's all just cute animals and like memes and stuff like that. It's kind of like the internet because the internet has such a big voice. There's the one side of being really extreme with being so serious and everything like that. And then there's the other side, which is like our community for the most part, which is just being so ironic to the point of you don't even know if they're being real or not. It's just they're hiding behind all of these layers of irony to the point of just you don't know what's <laughs> happening. It's kind of like an evolution of, oh my God, I'm so random XD. And then we started making fun of that and then making almost no sense, basically. It's just an evolution of memes. <laughs> Yeah, and I wonder how what the next evolution is, what what the final <laughs> the final it's just form gonna get worse. <laughs> final form of just deep frying our brains <laughs> into like the dumbest and dumbest stuff. I love the comparisons of 2014 memes, or like I think it was Rage Comics and like you know the funny like uh, impact fonts or whatever, yeah. and there's like a cute uh, dog image. And then now it's just just weird aliens dancing and like just really scary stuff. And it's just so deep fried. It doesn't even make any sense. What I find so fascinating about your crew. Now, now, do you have a name for you and all of your friends? I tried to find um, one and there were like threads about this and, and no one knew what to call <laughs> you guys. But, you know, it's you, it's it's it, Blues Dank, it's... Hoover, well, it's Spartans, Axley, and like Quackity and FPS Diesel and like the rest of them. It's kind of just a lot of us tend to be closer to other people than others. And I, at first we were thinking about making an actual group, but then we're just like, why do we're not going to really do anything with it. So like, let's have the fans do whatever they want. The fans tend to call us the Reddit crew. That's the most commonly used name. I know a lot of uh, people in our group don't really like that because I think at least one of us have literally made, never made a Reddit video. I think, I'm not quite sure which one. I think it might've, actually, no, maybe at this point, I think we've all, but um, it's like Quackity doesn't make Reddit videos. Right. And then he's part of the Reddit crew. Like it doesn't really make sense. Um, but apparently if you make one Reddit video, you're a Reddit channel. So So why don't you explain um, the Reddit video? So basically like what you're doing is you're going into Reddit, uh, these subreddits finding these weird pictures or weird threads <laughs> or weird conversations. And then are you, does and then it's you and then two of your friends kind of reacting to it. Uh, mm-hmm. How does that process play out? Does one of you find the things and then two of them react to it cold? Or w- w- how does it gestate, you know, from finding the funny pictures to the other two or, or the three of you kind of laughing at them and then recording that whole process? In general, I would consider my like video style a group reaction commentary. So it's a group and we like usually react to stuff, though I do want to diversify in the future. But I thought to myself, we all browse the internet. I was thinking like I could just go from like website to website, you know, finding things that 
you know, maybe even like super old or super recent that pertains to like our culture at the time. And Reddit was one of those places. And usually what happens is I just gather a bunch of stuff. It could be from Reddit. It could be from like a different site. It could just be like anything. It could, it could just be a specific sort of meme. And then what I do is I get in call with these people and I just kind of show them. Because what's really common in the Discord community, we all get into a call and then we just have memes. We just keep posting and posting and posting and posting and posting. And we all start laughing at them and everything like that. So it just kind of like brought me to that. What happened was I think Wild Spartans was making a... Um, he was like kind of changing up his content because he was making commentary. And then he started making these group videos. And I was like, oh my God. Because when I was first introduced into this community in 2016, because I started my channel in 2018 of like May. And I joined this community and so many people were like, Anna, you should be like a female commentator. Like we have no female commentary channels reporting on like drama and like giving your opinion and all this stuff like that. Like we need a female figure. And I just didn't want to be like that female figure. I just wanted to make YouTube videos like the rest of us. I didn't want to be involved in like drama and give my opinions and like go into like sometimes what could be a very negative like community. But to me, just sitting in a call laughing with your friends, it's such a great time. I have so much fun in like uh, recordings and stuff like that. Yeah, usually what we do is we just get in calls and I have a folder of images or something to share to my friends and we just have a good laugh basically. And people really enjoy that. And I think it's because from my experience, whenever I'm like down or I'm having a bad day or I just want something to entertain me, I'll go to someone like David Dobrik who has so many friends and you see the interaction and it's kind of sad, but sometimes like when people don't have as many friends because they could be really introverted at school, kind of similar to like myself, going to these like people, like back then I used to watch uh, Tyler Oakley, Joey Graceff, like the like the original vlog, What Would Be Squad, and they would be interacting with each other and doing all these collabs and the collab videos were my favorite thing to watch. And I was thinking if I love these, and I knew they got thousands of views because you loved watching Shane Dawson and Joey Graceff like make a collab video together. So I was like, why can't I do that kind of thing? And I was just like, I really enjoy my friends' companies. So, you know, maybe other people would. And I got like astonished because like after my third video, uh, Instagram, uh, Instagram playlist, I like blew up and I didn't expect that at all. I was like at 10K subs and I went to VidCon and it went straight up to 80K. I was like, oh no. After your third video? Yeah, yeah. literally. I That's had ridiculous. no idea that was gonna happen. <laughs> I literally had no idea. Because I got lucky um, in those years that I wasn't a YouTuber. I was constantly in calls with YouTubers. So I got a little inside scoop. They were constantly um, talking about, and Brandon's like, uh, Wild Spartans is like really knowledgeable about YouTube. Like he's a really analytical person and he constantly looks at everything. He looks into everything. And I was constantly in calls with him and he was telling me how to thumbnail things, how to title things. Even though I wasn't doing YouTube, he was just looking at like analytics and like the trends of things. And I guess I kind of just picked that up over time. So I was kind of prepared to do it already, though I hadn't done it before. I usually just used to make like little vlogs for myself and my family, but I guess it all worked out. <laughs> So he's like your Obi-Wan Kenobi 
mentor, oh, for sure. he's, basically. <laughs> he's, he's actually the father of the group, genuinely. He helps us with so many things. Like, we have so much to owe him. So we just had a dad reveal. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is amazing. Well, that's the second dad reveal. Quackity revealed that Kevin's his real dad. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool. This is this is like a season-running theme. But they're, they're actually... <laughs> Finding <women>. fathers. <laughs> Finding fathers. Oh, that's <laughs> so sad. YouTubers find out they are fathers, and it's like It's like Maury Povich. Oh, this is terrible. Uh, so, yeah, there are two themes in, in what you just said that have come up before, and I think they're going to run through a lot of different conversations. And one of them is that you like those videos because it was hanging out with those people. You, you felt like you were mm-hmm. hanging out. And that's what I like, too, right? And so when I watch a video where it's uh, you guys, I forget uh, who else was was in uh, this one video where it was, uh, oh, my God, I didn't mean to send this. I forget the title of the subreddit. But it, it, uh, r slash oops, I didn't oops, mean to. Oops, I didn't mean to. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah and it, like you get three, four people who are just going back and forth on this ridiculous thing. Sometimes you guys are uh, reading, reading it like a script, you know, with with two people. And like yeah. this is funny as hell. And I'm, I wanted like, to explain what oops, I didn't mean to send that is so that can, if people aren't familiar with it, they understand. Can you explain that? Sure. So it's a subreddit, like many other subreddits, based on a certain topic. And it's basically like you kind of pretend that you didn't mean to send something. So like you kind of say like, oh, you want to date? And then they're like, no. You're like, (laughs) I was joking. I didn't mean to send that. Oh, my sister sent it. Like, it's just kind of like, you know, an excuse. Yeah, basically. My dog typed it. Right. And and the the best ones are in territory that we won't detail here, uh, but like <laughs> sending, sending a picture that there's really no like mistake way to do this. Okay. You know, or like send a video to somebody that, yeah, mm-hmm. no, but it, this makes for like a really in- entertaining thing when a couple people shock are, factor. Yeah. yeah. Like playing those roles and you're listening to it and it's just like everybody, including the viewers just hanging out together and it's funny. Everybody's laughing, mm-hmm. but the group, the group commentary comedy to me, it seems very new. I'd never noticed that really before. It seemed like you said yeah. maybe Wild Spartans was doing it first. Was there somebody else uh, that you had seen doing this sort of thing? I think the first person I saw was Soothouse. Soothouse is a group of British YouTubers. Um, they're a group of friends. I think they live like locally, unlike us who we live like all over the country. And they started recording videos, I think, like similar to our content. I wasn't really like... Uh, I think I'm not quite sure, honestly. I drew more from just Brandon uh, Wild Spartans than um, anyone else. But the thing is, is like I remember when I first started coming out with videos, and I know a lot of my friends have gotten this whenever they've jumped into a new field. And what happens usually is people will just comment like Soothouse clone, Soothouse clone, Wild Spartans mm. clone, uh-huh. like this clone, that clone, and then like after some time, once you've established like your base, it kind of goes away. But for my comments of that, like, I feel like for almost every YouTuber, there's no, like, 100% originality. It's kind of, like, inspired from someone. As long as you kind of, like, you know, look at it and kind of twist into your own thing and, like, add your own personality and your own flow to it, it's kind of just like everyone else. Because, like, 
I mean, name one original video you saw today. Like, mm-hmm. it's always in a certain category. It's always in a certain type of style, you know? Like, there's, like, Fortnite videos. There's vlogs. There's, like, this beauty stuff. There's that stuff. And, like, very rarely do people actually come up with a completely original topic. And usually what happens is a bandwagon happens. So, for example, I'm not too aware with the beauty community, but recently I've become aware of piece of the um, <laughs> drama that's been circulating around that. But, like, for example, someone um, made, like, Bob Ross paintings on their eyes. And then, like, 50 other YouTubers did the same thing. But they, you know, they did it with their own personality, their own everything. But then the comment section just goes wild with, like, you know, clone, 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 clone. So I just think that, like... um, I don't know. If you if you add your own twist and your own personality to anything, then you know it's it's good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's about that with Veritasium. And right. We went into some detail on that because we were you know it's a little different with uh, something like an education topic where yeah. like you you can actually do it the same way. You can you can mm-hmm. communicate the same information. Uh, but what what we all kind of found is that putting uh, you can't help but put your own spin on it. You know, and some of those things that have been done. Uh, they make a couple videos that actually work really well together. And so the community might think, oh, you stepped on some toes by doing this. But in reality, a lot of viewers kind of pull benefits from each one. And I think that's the same with with the, the comedy stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if the, mm-hmm. the makeup stuff seems a little different to me. And I wonder mm-hmm. what your thoughts are on that. Because uh, something like a format, I guess, where you're, for instance, in Discord and hanging out with your friends... You can go any number of ways with that, but if you have the idea of doing Bob Ross eye makeup, that's extremely specific to then have 25 people also do Bob Ross eye makeup. It's like, that instance does seem to me like kind of (laughs) greasy. Yeah, I guess you have a point there. I know that recently there was a trend of so-and-so DMing 100 people people on Instagram and seeing if they'll reply or something. I know one person did that and then another person did that and they said, you know, I blatantly stole this off of this person. Like, they admitted it and I think that was added to the comedy of it. But I don't know. I mean, there's so much, like, I guess you could say nabbing culture in this community. You know, like, someone posts a meme and then you take it and then post it. I personally don't do that, but I know a lot of people who do and it does upset a lot of people. You know, but um, I know if you nab like a certain well also another thing is like i've unintentionally accidentally nabbed ideas because it's 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 so hard to be like a hundred percent original you know my first video hot dogs where they shouldn't be (laughs) (laughs) i literally had a folder before i even started youtube of hot dogs in odd places because (laughs) my friends and i we called them we called them anarchy memes. I have no idea why we called them anarchy memes, but it was literally just food in the weirdest places. It was just so funny to us, and I made that video, but apparently Sit House made the same type of video. And I was just like, how am I supposed to know? I've made so many videos that a lot of people are like, oh, Mini Lad made this. Oh, this, that, this, that. I'm like, I can't just search every single time I come up with an idea and make sure no one's made it and then be like, okay, wait, hold up. I'm not going to make this video anymore. Like, <laughs> you know? This has happened with with Vsauce 2 stuff, and and we've talked about that in the past, where uh, you look and and make sure that nobody's done a definitive video or like the thing, you know, because you want to do your own own original thing to whatever extent as possible. Uh, But people are going to cover the same concepts, and they absolutely have. Uh, There's no way around that. Even when you you take hours 
to kind of scour around. You know what? Believe it or not, the internet is a big place. There's a lot of stuff. A lot. Yeah, a lot of people have the and internet. And a lot yeah. of people. Yes, many of them do. Yeah. Everybody's dialing up all over, you know? Right. Um, but they, yeah. Dialing up. 56K. It's beeps and bloops all Dial over. Dial up internet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even when you, you just try your hardest to, to make sure that what you're doing is completely original. We have literally invented games and then found out that somebody had invented that game to some, a different degree. But, you know, you think that here's this really weird idea. There's no way that somebody could have had this idea in the past. Well, yeah, yeah there's actually a way. It happens all the time. It happens most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as you know your, your, yourself and you know the, the, the ways that you can add your own personal flavor to it, I think that doesn't matter. I, I, I remember years ago, there was a big controversy in the stand-up comedy world uh, surrounding Carlos Mencia. So there were all of these stand-up comedians kind of coming out of the woodwork. I remember Joe Rogan confronted him on stage, and that was That's a whole big blew up. Yeah, yeah, that was a whole big viral thing. But anyway, uh, around that time, they were interviewing Louis C.K. Um, about that subject because it was pretty obvious that there were a few bits that Carlos Mencia w- was doing that were like shockingly similar bits that louis ck had done in the past they weren't inspired by they were like change three words yeah they yeah, were yeah. too close yeah, yeah it was the same thing oh um, amy schumer was the same that's why she got flamed because she literally word for word stole jokes from like really really older like comedians yeah, she had yeah. a team of writers that was they kind of got thrown amy schumer oh on her right, show Do you right, remember right. she had that team of writers who got thrown under the boss because amy herself may or may not have known it seems like it's plausible that her writers could have you know lifted something and it, by the time it get, gets to her she's not familiar with it and doesn't you know right. she doesn't know the the original and you've got to trust that it's, you know, it's, it's so it's hard to know what to think and, and who to think it about well and i had read that when they were writing seinfeld the seinfeld writers for ideas would go down to the stand-up clubs and if there was a funny bit they would turn that into a, a plot line you know in, in seinfeld but but to button the Louis C.K. Mencia mm, thing, yeah, the, the thing that C.K. said about it was he wasn't bothered by it at all because essentially the way he thought about it was like, look, I can just come up with new ideas. <laughs> the problem with people who have to steal other people's ideas is they're always going to have to do that. Whereas like I'm moving on to my next special um, and my whole next set of ideas. So to me, that's a pretty healthy mentality to have about people stealing your ideas, you know, in case that ever becomes a thing. Not that it excuses the behavior or under egregious circumstances, you shouldn't do something about that, of course, like, of course. But at the end of the day, if you're able to come up with new stuff and that's what you do, then that's what you do. Do you worry about that at all? About uh, what, you know, what's, what's next when this thing drops off, because uh, you haven't been doing it for 10 years, right? It's, it's a lot shorter. Yeah, I've only been doing it. Actually, it's literally been a year. I started, um, May 20th with my YouTube channel. I was actually originally, uh, I was a manager at a company. Like that was a great job for me, 
but YouTube was just better. <laughs> it was like more flexible. It was like, I always wanted a job uh, that I could use, like do remotely and then I could travel and see my friends because the first thing that I did when I met my friends online was I went to see them in England. And that was one of the best experiences. I remember that so much. And I wanted to keep doing more of that. So I technically don't really want to let this go. But the thing is, is like, I think there's a way of going about it where if you stick with the trends, I've noticed that a lot of people who have a million sub channels, um, but only get like 100K uh, views like a video, they don't, they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, I know a lot of YouTubers who um, either like stick with what they used to do and they drop off or they conform to the times. Shane Dawson is a great example. He used to make skip videos and now he makes document series that everyone's raving about. Everyone's so excited to see it piece. Everyone loves a good documentary, you know, with like a lot of suspense and like a bit of too much sound engineering, but you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but uh, I feel like as long as you can keep up with the times, um, keep up with like the memes and try to like, I don't know. Sometimes you can make a wrong move. I've known some people who, you know, have a little dip in their channel because they tried to go for a category that maybe um, wasn't quite suited for them and was way too out of their category and their fan base was just like, what are you doing? This is not the content that I signed up for. You can gradually, um, if you want to change a category, which is that was what I've intended. So I started out with these like reaction commentary videos. And then I recently made uh, one of my favorite videos, uh, kind of honestly being inspired off of Quackity's work, uh, but not like 100%. Um, so trying to get into more like creative ideas because they really make me happy to make those. I made a Bob Ross video where we uh, drew on MS Paint. I think someone said we copied that from someone as well, but I literally got inspired. Like I said, from the beauty community um, with like the eyeshadow and stuff, I was like, what if I did this on MS Paint? <laughs> like MS Paint is like gone. So like, um, which I also have like other video ideas pertaining to that, which I'm going to do in the future. But, but that's another um, example of taking like kind of a, a high skill, yeah. like fancy thing and like crunching it through this, <laughs> this like, yeah. meat grinder and out spills this MS Paint version of it. That's awesome <laughs> and funny. Uh, my plan, per uh, say, is like to do more of those kinds of videos, but still sticking to the roots that I grew my channel on. Because I knew that, like, I mean, like, obviously we all don't just make videos 100% because we want to make them right? Like, obviously, like, uh, we, we want to make all these videos and stuff like that. But like, it's not like you can make videos all the time of what only you want to make. You kind of have to do a give give. So for example, I know my audience, they always, always ask me, when's the next Instagram regret playlist? When's the I literally like, I upload on the day, they watch it in the comment section. They're like, when's the next Instagram regret playlist? I'm just like, Can okay. you explain Instant um, Regret playlist for people unfamiliar with it? So it's a playlist by Epic Donut Dude. It's a playlist on YouTube where it's like, I think it's at like 2,500 videos or something. It would take like days to watch at this point. But basically, it's just a playlist of all the recent memes. So for example, for a long stretch of time, there was a gnome meme where like you'd be watching a video and a 
a gnome would pop up out of nowhere and it would go, Ooh, and then like, it just like, it's kind of like, um, where's Waldo, but you don't want to see Waldo basically. So that was like a long lasting meme. And there was a lot of those videos and a lot of other stuff. There's a lot of like Dolan Dark's videos. There's a lot of other like, um, memers, uh, in the community that are in this playlist because he knows them. And so what I do is I usually just sit down with my friends and we react to these because I remember there was a playlist of 300 videos called the important videos playlist. And I literally sat through a whole day. I think I was in a call for like 12 hours just watching all 300 of these videos with my friends. And we couldn't stop laughing. At one point, we were just like so out of like energy that we're just like sitting there like brain dead just watching (laughs) these videos. (laughs) But yeah, so like people like usually request that a lot. But, you know, I give a little bit of that. Obviously, I enjoy making these videos. I would love to make a lot more different style videos, but I can't just go off and make a video on like, you know... I don't know, something like super random, like I really like playing with slime, right? Or like, you know, those ASMR like cutting soap videos. I could make it, but I don't know 100% guaranteed that it will do well. So like I would have to transition into that, but I don't really want to. What is an ASMR cut soap cutting? So (laughs) I actually just bought soap because I just wanted to try it myself. So basically like there's this satisfaction of like getting a razor and cutting the soap up. You know, like this soap has like, hundreds of uses and you're just destroying it in like one go and like they usually like cut in like hashtags and then they like cut it down so it like makes like a nice noise or something like that a bar of soap a bar of soap yeah it's really interesting you should check it up on instagram (laughs) i mean you can take the soap at the end and make a ball out of it i mean you're not yeah Yeah, exactly yeah didn't you have to cut soap in school no i had to cut soap in school why it must have been like Oh, third carving. or fourth grade it was just yeah, soap carving you can make shapes yeah it was just soap carving and it's <laughs> yeah it's a really cheap easy activity i don't remember for art that. it's an art class activity i don't know <laughs> what else would it be? <laughs> this was a punishment, actually. You were in trouble. It's this was a d- detention. It was like whittling potatoes <laughs> in, in prison. Yeah, I really enjoy watching those. Like, there's like this, there's this channel. It's like super underground, I think, but like they basically take old paintings and they re like vitalize them, basically. And they like talk about like how certain chemicals, like you have to be careful because some dies back in like hundreds of years ago could like react wrong so like they test it out and then they like clean it and they you just slowly see them like clean up this like um thing and it's just so satisfying to watch but like obviously like i can't just change my content like 100 percent. i'm kind of set in this like path and i'm slowly like with that bob ross video and i'm also going to come out with a new video of like slowly like diversifying it a little bit more. I think it's really important for a channel to have diversity and also like a personality that grounds it. I feel like I myself, I've like, just like any other YouTuber, they say it's like an over-exaggeration of your personality. It kind of is, but it's a section of your personality. It's not like, like, you know, like just by watching my videos, you can't tell what I'm like in my alone time or like when I'm with certain other people, you know, like sometimes you act different on other people you act a certain way towards YouTube. So with this, you kind of like accentuate like certain parts of your personality and like you kind of like put that out into the internet Um, because I think like, you know, when you look at like boy bands and stuff, right? There's like the nice one, there's the shy one, there's the mysterious (laughs) one, you know, like you you kind of, you, you simplify it and you label it. So like the more simple of a, like not simple of a personality, but more of like a, 
formed, well-rounded personality throw out there instead of it just being all over the place, like the more of a brand you can make and then you can kind of progress that and diversify it and try a lot of different things. Now, I'm glad that you said that because I was on a panel years ago at VidCon and that exact question came up where they were wondering, you know, are you the same person on camera uh, or I should say off camera that you are on? And I was the only one to basically give your answer where I felt like, yeah, absolutely. Like that is a persona. It's essentially like a, a personality mask that you put on for the camera. And then you put on other personality masks when you're with your parents or you're with your friends from high school or you're yeah. with, or you're at the <laughs> bank, <laughs> at, right? You know, like these yeah. are all different personas that you have to put on to get through the different social situations that you need mm-hmm. to navigate. Quibblecop talked about this a bit, where uh, he's doing these gaming videos where he's having a blast with with his friends and they're all screaming at each other. When Quibblecop, I, I can't verify this, but when he goes to the bank, he's probably not screaming. And oh, I actually saw him at VidCon. Right? He's like super like quiet. Like he's actually, he's, he's the best. He's, he's very really subdued. Yeah. To be around. I was like, yeah. what? Like, I thought this was going to be like, I mean, I should have known more than anyone, but like, I just like, I saw him and like, uh, he was just so pleasant. And I was just like, okay, like, I really get it out. Like, it is really just a section. Yeah, he's such a good example of that because he's highly professional, really serious. And I mean that as a compliment, right? Capable, like thoughtful, uh, deliberate, still funny and charming and all this articulate articulate yeah like talking to him uh, we saw him at vidcon and we talked about that in our when we talked to him and it was it was awesome for both of us like that was a really memorable conversation for us and then you go on youtube and he's freaking out about uh you know a little electrifying baby (laughs) baby sticking a fork in an electrical socket and this is the most hilarious thing in the world right (laughs) but clearly there's going to be Quackity is like this too. Quackity is totally like this. Like he is so ridiculous in his videos. (laughs) And speaking with him is is like speaking with a different person. He's very, very articulate and thoughtful and introspective. It's I would say it's like maybe a section, but it's also kind of just like when you're having like the best moment of your time with your friends, like you know, when you're just laughing so much and you're like really energetic, maybe you're like you're out at the clubs or something, you have that high energy. I think it's just that, you know, you're like you're putting on a show, you know, like you're kind of like, you know, when you have the spotlight on your friends and stuff, you're kind of like the loudest person there, or like you're trying to be like like the funniest person there because you want to entertain them. So therefore, it's the same thing that translates to YouTube. You want to entertain them. Quackity is a great example as well. I have no idea how he comes up with his tweets. I really don't because like, <laughs> it's just crazy. I'm not sure he knows. <laughs> that was like one of the first questions we asked him. I'm like, where is this coming from, dude? <laughs> and like his content and everything like that. But when he's at his peak on like the voice calls and stuff with us, like he's literally, we were actually, I was playing a childhood game um, Maple Story, and they were, and Hoover, Axley, <laughs> and Quackity were playing Toontown, and they're mocking me because I'm playing a kid's game, but I'm mocking them because they're playing <laughs> Toontown. That's a kid's game as well. So it's like a lot of comedy, and we're like screaming at each other. It's like, it's like that comedy, but just recorded, basically. It's that peak. But there's obviously times and calls when we're literally just not talking. You know, we just share like links on Twitter and stuff like that. Obviously, that's not entertaining. You know, you don't want to just watch people like be there like, oh, hey, 
Yeah, um, today was like a good day. Um, so here's this meme. You know, you'll be like, welcome back to another video. <laughs> right. Like, well, like here's uh, some cursed uh, Minecraft images or something like that. Like you want to have this like upbeat like thing because otherwise it gets boring. People have short attention spans. I know that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there are too many examples of people being exactly 100% the same on camera as they are off camera. But I don't think there's a 0% either. Uh, I think... Like you're saying, there's an element of of the actual personality that comes through, and maybe it's a little exaggerated or highlighted or whatever it is that that fits what mm-hmm. you're doing. Uh, but it's it's real either way, yeah. isn't it? Well, if, if you're going to be successful, especially long term, I think that has to be real one way or the other, or else you're going to get burnt out on it, or other people are going to call you out on it. Well, one thing I, I really wanted to ask you, uh, because I'm a boomer and I don't understand <laughs> Discord, <laughs> That's okay. is I need you to explain Discord partnerships to me. Because on your YouTube channel, un- under your About section, you wrote, you know, you were just going to do YouTube until you got yeah. your Discord partnership, <laughs> and then you edited it once you got your Discord so partnership. <laughs> but... Yeah, you're quitting <laughs> now that you got your Discord partnership. What is a Discord partnership? What benefits does that grant you? Uh, what does it entail? So basically, um, I started off on Discord. I joined, I was watching Leafy's Here's video, and I saw Colossal and Keemstar. Colossal tweeted out a Discord link, and my brother six months ago had showed me this platform, and it was because we were playing Overwatch. Like many other people, they used it to interact with their friends for gaming, just like TeamSpeak um, or Skype, I guess. Um, and so I, I'm just a boomer. Like I didn't really go into Skype, but um, just like a list serve. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I joined this Discord community. And I, I love helping people. I really do. It's maybe too much that like it sometimes gets me into trouble or something like that. But uh, I started like um, helping with these people running these Discord servers. And I started moderating them to the point where I was just like admin of a lot of Discord servers. And I helped run these communities. I loved bringing people together. I still love it. I'm so happy that like I get these messages from people, um, my viewers saying like, I made so many friends that because like I loved your videos and I joined your community or like I'm in a relationship now because I met my uh, significant other through, you know, your community. It just like really warms my heart that like I can bring so much positivity into these people's lives. But going back to like the Discord thing, I was admin of so many Discord servers and I applied for partnership because partnership was like a cool, it's like a verification tick on like Twitter. You know, it's like a verification tick on YouTube or Uh, Twitch. It's just the highest tier of that community. And I was just like, I applied for it because I was running so many servers. I was like, you know, it'd be nice to have these Discord servers have these partnerships because it gives you perks of like higher uh, kilobytes per second in voice calls. And it gives you more emotes to use and uh, VIP servers and stuff like that. So you just have better connections and stuff. It just gives you like a lot of perks. Um, But it was just in general, it was just like, it'd be cool to have that infinity sign next to your name as partner. Um, so I like jokingly said to a lot of my friends, I was like, I'm going to make a YouTube channel just so I can get Discord partnership. And heck, I guess it worked. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you set a goal and then you reached it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how that works. But what do you do when you're at the top of the mountain? Oh, that's my question. You know, just shout below I feel... <laughs> at the plebs. Is it like a, is it like the Forrest Gump? Like when he reaches the coast after running cross country, just 
turns around and runs back. (laughs) I feel really bad for a lot of people who don't really like see the full like um, essence of YouTube in the sense of that, like I noticed like a lot of people come into this community and become YouTubers for either money, fame, or like, you know, all the wrong reasons. Yes, YouTube gives you these things, but I feel like at the end, I've seen people hit a million subs and they've been left with nothing but that YouTube channel. They've lost a lot of friends. Their egos have like grown to massive proportions. And it's just really sad to see like, you know, something that could have been so good went so wrong and they use their power and fame for something completely bad. And people don't actually know what these people are like behind the scenes. I've been disappointed so many times, but I'm so glad that like I had my friends before I started YouTube. Um, because sometimes like you don't know people's true intentions. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of scary sometimes. You've seen uh, pretty much every possible case of this from negative (laughs) to positive, right? The whole continuum over what, nine years, 10 years. uh, I can attest that Kevin turned into a monster when he hit a million subs. <laughs> he was terrible in every way. No, but you, you really have seen everybody kind of respond in the best ways, the worst ways. Right. Some survive and some don't. And you've seen it all, haven't you? Yeah, some get bitter mm-hmm. and resentful. And yeah. um, It's hard to have what you have, what some of the people we talk to, like Derek, uh, just all of these people who have been around for years, this is a lot harder than people realize to keep it all together, stay healthy, mm-hmm. like mentally with your relationships oh, with yeah. friends and all that. That's really tough. Especially isn't it? when it's public. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, how do you balance that? Oof. So uh, at one point I was in a relationship um, and it was sort of public. We never confirmed it. It was with like another YouTuber and it just, I, I wasn't a YouTuber at the time, but it wasn't, I never wanted to make it public. I, it just accidentally happened um, because it's kind of obvious sometimes. You can't really always <laughs> just like, you know, you want to post pictures on Instagram for your friends to see when you're not a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of like opens the floodgates because people do too much snooping. We never confirmed or denied <laughs> like anything. But uh, it was just like, it's kind of difficult. I don't, I that, that's something that, I feel like it's really toxic in the Twitch community. So like, uh, I'm just gonna name like an example. So Pokimane and Myth, they were on like Twitch calls all the time and in stream and the, the chat was just like, just pestering them and donating them. And like, I don't think they even like ever had anything. It was just like a nice chemistry and they never got into a relationship, but like, it was just really toxic. And it's like, sometimes these viewers, don't realize, and they're young. I get it. Like, I really do. When I was 12, I wanted to know everything about, you know, a certain boy band or something like that. I didn't know, you know? Um, but do you think, sorry, sorry I want to understand here more uh, the, the toxicity behind that. Are you saying that they were taking advantage of pretending to be a couple in order to oh no uh, get um, attention? So You're saying the intensity of it is so, the viewer's attachment or what? Yeah. The viewer's attachment. So they were like pretty flirty, but they never, I don't think, intended to be in a relationship. I don't know the gist of it. It was just like an example. But the comments like in the chats and them donating was just like poking and poking and poking. Like, are you dating? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, haha, you should. Mm-hmm. They were doing like really like comments that you wouldn't want to hear if you're just friends with someone, you know? And it was just kind of like toxic. And I feel like uh, viewers don't really understand 
their placement and all of this, especially when it comes in the masses. I know that like uh, one of my friends just got out of a relationship of a public relationship that was like with one of the uh, bigger YouTubers and her Instagram comments are just flooded with, I'm unfollowing you, I'm unfollowing you, I'm unfollowing you, like, I can't believe you, like, broke up with so-and-so, and, And, like, it's just not pleasant. There's an extreme example of this in the K-pop community. So I know about this because my wife loves K-pop, and she tells me... Yeah, I'm going to leave this one to you. Yeah, just leave this one to me. And she tells me that the the people in the K-pop community, the the singers, they get death threats uh, if, if it's even, like hinted that one of them even has a significant other. Mm -hmm. Like if one of the girls in one of the girl groups or one of the guys in one of the boy bands is even rumored to be dating anyone, it's like a gigantic deal and and very, very bad. Like really, really, like death threat level things. Just just because maybe they're dating somebody so they're no longer like, there's a chance that this <laughs> random person who's a, a fan chance. of, you know, G-Dragon or whoever is going to fall in love with them. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. So what I'm hearing from both of you is that we need to dial back the chemistry. Be- right. Between you, us. Between us, yes. So that, so that we don't get this stream strong. of comments. Yeah. 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 We just can't, we can't have that. No. It'll be, it will generate toxicity. The and, super chat just, yeah. just keeps flooding. The super chats that we don't do. <laughs> the Twitch God, that we don't Twitch have. Twitch chat, like calm down. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's very important as a YouTuber to keep a level of privacy. Because the thing mm-hmm. is, it's like no matter what, whatever you put out there, it will get flamed or it'll get loved. Like it. You have to expect that anything that, you know, the world doesn't need to see every angle of your life unless you want that. You know, obviously there's a lot of vloggers who literally like they start out single, then they get married, they have their marriage video and then they have kids and then they're redecorating their house. Like it's the whole flow of things. I'm sure there's a lot of privacy towards it as still, but like whatever you put out into the world, you have to expect. I I think it's so funny. People put opinions on Twitter and then they're like, why are you guys flaming me? Like, I didn't expect this. Like, you put an opinion out there. You have to expect a response, whether it's positive or negative. So, like, you know, be careful what you put out there, basically. And what do you think about people who are, like, manufacturing relationships just to get attention and that sort of thing? Because I think that that probably happens more often than... Um, then we realize that, that happens. Yeah, where it it's does like, happen. You know, yeah, this, these like social media relationships. I haven't had anyone in my close knit of friends that have I'm done that. I'm not surprised. That. Yeah, <laughs> knowing your close knit of friends, I don't um, think Hoover is like taking no. advantage of. Well, I mean, even uh, in like the, the expansion of that, like I haven't like just in the community in general, I've never seen that. But I can see it like in certain industry, like part of the YouTube sphere. I don't know. I mean, I'm not like fully against it because I've seen it happen and it is still entertaining. It's an entertainment value, you know? I, I'm not against it, to be honest. Uh, if they want to do that, it's kind of like putting on a show. It's just, mm-hmm. it's entertainment. I think entertainment goes too far at certain points, but they're not really harming anyone in doing that. They're just having a bit of fun, you know? And it, you can kind of see like that they're having a bit of fun. So like, you know, I think like... What Tana um, Mojo Mongo or whatever and Jake Paul kind I of. It's, I think it's mongoose. 
I think iDubbbz told us it was Tana Mongoose. <laughs> well, <laughs> if iDubbbz said it, said it, then it has to be 99% true. 99% yeah. sure that's how he said it's Definitely. pronounced. Yeah. I think they're just like making it super obvious that they're not together, but they're like kind of putting it off as like they're together. And it's like, I've watched it. It's really entertaining, you know? So it's mm-hmm. just, it's a show. You know, YouTube is a show. Um, what's fake, what's real. I mean, I know all my stuff is real because we're just like laughing at memes, but like, um, <laughs> you can't really fake that. But the vlogging stuff, I guess, is like you run out, you run out of stuff. You have to keep doing the next bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger thing. And what bigger thing can you do than to put two big brand name people together and, right. you know, collaborate on this, you know, this life kind of thing. Like Kim Kardashian and Kanye. Yeah. I think that's well, real, I, though. No, I well, do too. Yeah. I mean, I was just saying. But, the yeah. evidence is there. but those are two pure, pretty big brands that right. came together. Yeah. You know, I haven't thought of YouTube as being the world's largest ever real time, like soap opera reality show mishmash. And as, as you know, I'm thinking in those terms as you were detailing that. And I was like, oh, okay. There are a lot of times where I watch something and I don't know if it's real. Sometimes I care if it's not. Sometimes. I don't care if it's fake. I I just, I'm entertained by it. Mm -hmm. And this is going on constantly in a million different areas, whether it's, uh, whether it's your, your group, your, uh, you know, this, this gaggle of weirdos, which I mean in the best possible way, (laughs) or the beauty community, which you may or may not follow, uh, or not, not so much drama on the education side. That stuff's always pretty real and flat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of nerds. (laughs) Bunch of nerds, yeah. but it's kind of fascinating that this is all happening constantly and it's important to people in different ways and we're never really 100% sure. And seeping more and more into like out of mm. like the beauty community stuff just leaked way over the edge Crazy. into all of our lives, yeah. uh, you know, un- unwillingly on my part where I'm like, <laughs> I'm not interested in this, but every single day. It was, you know, this person said this, and here's a 47-minute video response to this person, and then everybody's yeah. tweeting about interested. it, and then, oh my gosh. You don't see like, someone lose a million subs in one day. Like, that's an event. That, that was Not wild. Good, that was crazy. Like, crazy. Well, they, and now they killed uh, Social Blade because of it. Uh, YouTube. Know. Uh, you know. Now, now we can't even track that, right? I, I mean, it must site. have been because of that. They'll never admit it, but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> this coincidence well, is pretty glaring. They just met with YouTube to talk about it. Oh, and really? I don't know what the result was. I, I, I want to hear I back from looked. them soon. Hopefully they'll yeah, say I'm something. Yeah, sure, I'm sure that Yeah, it'll evolve to be something. Because so many people came came out and said... Oh, we get what your point is on this, that it can be used in a toxic kind of way. But it was the best feeling in the world to me to watch my sub count tick up to 10,000 or 100,000 or a million, whatever it was. That was the best moment of my life. (laughs) And not just the creators, but the fans, the the subscribers of that creator all gather around. And and why can't, if there is some big subscriber purge because of some drama, Mm -hmm. okay, then cut it off at the knees. Like then yeah. pull the plug on like the thing falling for them uh, pre- precipitously, but for the rest of yeah. us, you know, who want to use it to celebrate uh, our growth, <laughs> it sucks that like you know, it's like ridiculous. what what's that saying? It's somewhere similar to like uh, one person ruins it for everyone kind of thing, but like right. not obviously it's not one person, but like you know. Someone One just bad re- apple yeah. spoils the bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't know. Same thing. Like, kind of. Yeah. I know a lot of people get affected by like their growth and stuff and it kind of depresses them. It doesn't really affect me. 
um, too much. I don't know how much it affects a lot of people. I know that YouTube is a very emotional like job because it pertains to a lot of creativity and you're putting a piece of yourself out there. And if people don't like that piece, it's kind of like saying, oh, I don't like you. So like, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people take that very personally and that's the, where the negativity comes from it. But it doesn't mean you should take away like an analytic site over that. <laughs> I don't know when I, when I, if I ever do reach a million subs, I want to see it, you know, go from nine, 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 nine to a million. I did it at 10 K. I literally, I saw it. It's so, I'm like getting goosebumps just thinking about, it. I saw my sub count go to 10 K and I just bursted into tears. I ran to my dad. I was like crying so much. I like hugged him. And he's like, did you kill someone? Like what happened? <laughs> <laughs> he was, like, That's his show. reaction? <laughs> well, well, like, can we you're... record another episode about <laughs> why your dad's first assumption is you murdered someone? Well, your like daughter's coming to you out of nowhere. And literally like, it was one of my best achievements because like, I didn't really do much. Like I didn't do many sports. I didn't get like trophies or anything like that. That was, like, one of my first, like, major accomplishments in, like, my life, I would say. And then, obviously, I went on to meet uh, 100,000, which you can see a video, like, everywhere of me literally crying. So, like, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would just, like, I want to experience that, like, if I ever get to that point of reaching a million subs. I think anyone would want to. It's just, like, it's such a great, like, event to, like, have take place. It's, like, I don't know. It's... It's yeah, it's hold on. Away. I just want to explain. I just want to explain Social Blade for anyone listening who doesn't oh, understand yeah, what in the world we're talking about. <laughs> YouTuber so this talk. is a third-party website that connects to YouTube in order to monitor a lot of things, uh, a lot of statistics about channels and their performance. And one of the features that they have that people use it for is to, in real time, track a subscriber count. So because of that feature, you're able to, you know, look up honest channel and see her subscriber number go up in real time. Mm -hmm. So this is the way, and you can't do that for whatever reason on YouTube. Like there's no way to publicly at least see that. Yeah. And not only that, they're like truncating the number now. So you can't even see so that they're for rounding. instance, if you have 10,586 subscribers, it's only going to show 10,000 point or 10.5 K. Um, but anyway, that's what Social Blade is. And because of this drama within the community where people were literally unsubscribing to a creator in the millions and that turning into news in and of itself, uh, YouTube has responded by potentially pulling the plug on, on sharing that data with Social Blade. So now you know, <laughs> probably the people who didn't know that are like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know how Social Blade works. And now you know what the three of us worry about all day. <laughs> yeah, but it's a really cool thing, though, to see this, this live thing. Is it useful day to day? Honestly, I don't think so at all, right? But when something is going really well, uh, like if, if a video is very popular, it's cool to see all these people subscribing. God knows where they are, right? And, and you're just like, oh... There's somebody somewhere. And then another eight seconds later, somebody else has decided that they want to see the next thing I do, even though they don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a conceptually really exciting thing. And seeing that milestone happen, you know, I we watched it when it uh, ticked over to four million for Vsauce 2. And that was really, really cool. It's rewarding. It was, yeah. And getting that YouTube plaque and like everything. It's just a part of the YouTube journey. 
It's, it really means a lot to people. We talked with Destin from Smarter Every Day. Uh, that was one of the first episodes we did. Uh, and we talked about what these numbers actually mean. A thousand of anything is actually a lot. Oh, for sure. I remember my friend, yeah. he's like, um, the stadium that was like the, it's one of like the biggest stadiums in America. And, uh, my friend was like, you could fill up like so-and-so amount of these. And I just couldn't grasp mm -hmm. it. Like he was like way more excited than I was because I just couldn't like, I couldn't like understand how many people that is i mean just a hundred people in a room that's crazy yeah that's imagine lot. going into a room with a hundred people and all of them want to know what's next from you that, that's shocking yeah it's only a hundred and destin used the same stadium analogy mm -hmm. i think he used alabama uh alabama football stadium because because yeah, <laughs> destin yeah, yeah that's why he, yeah. he that's his go-to analogy roll tide but he said the same thing where he's like you know i put out a video that gets I don't. I don't recall what the what the uh, capacity, the seat capacity is at Alabama. Maybe it's a hundred thousand. Yeah, Do you think that sounds high. sounds I fair? I think that's too high, but I think it's something like sixty to seventy. Okay. So okay, a lot. Okay, a lot a of people. Lot of people. And, and he's like, imagine walking <laughs> yeah. up to every single one of them in a football stadium and saying, "Hey, thanks for watching my video today." It's yeah. it's weird. I think it'd just be really sad if like they cut that before PewDiePie hits a hundred million. I, I think that would really affect, like, our community if they, like, literally... And then on top of that, if YouTube... Did you see YouTube tweeted out T-Series hitting? If they don't, yes, if yeah. they literally exclude him, it's going to be a big, like, sad moment. Because, like, yeah. that would I really hit home. Yeah. I think rebellions have been launched over less. Yeah, so what happened was PewDiePie and this other channel... T-Series are in this long-standing subscriber like battle going months. back and forth. Uh, everybody in the community followed it and supported it. Just recently, yeah, and was supporting PewDiePie as an original creator on the platform versus T-Series, which is kind of this conglomerate giant it's just TV. company. And like yeah, traditional yeah, they just TV, put like, like TV, TV clips, shows movies. And, yeah. It's not like you know, it's there. not it's not YouTube at its original base. You know, it's right. like it's not like you're Shane Dawson or like you're Jenna Marbles or like it's just corporate. It's it's corporate. Mm -hmm. It's like super corporate. Yep. It's not the it's not it doesn't have the YouTube spirit to it. It's just TV shows and music videos. Yeah. So T-Series just hit 100 million subscribers and YouTube celebrated that with a custom video that they made and they tweeted out. And well, we're waiting to see maybe by the time this episode comes out, PewDiePie will have hit 100 and. We'll yeah. see what YouTube's yeah. official response is to that because it it will be interesting. I no. thought the same thing when I saw that tweet. I was like, "Oh, this it's, is a thing." Yeah, they they put themselves in a position to have to have to they, something with consequences, whether yeah. it's what they do or what they don't do. Right, and it's the weirdest culmination of of really this podcast, the things that we've talked about because we talked about the two. YouTubes, what you just said about you've kind of got this corporate side and then the creator side, you know, there's this big difference. This comes up a fair amount in different flavors. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this with a lot of people over a lot of hours. And now we're seeing it finally come to a head right around when VidCon's coming up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be kind of wild to see how this plays out. And I honestly have no idea how they're going to play it. No. I'm surprised that they put Tana on VidCon. 
considering what happened yes. like last year. I also think that there's a lot of complaint towards VidCon, though they do feature like a lot of really interesting and like up to date creators. I feel like they're lacking in a lot of like like they tend to show a lot of times my friends and I will be like looking at a YouTuber and we're like who are these people kind of thing. We look at their channels mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. no like offense to them, but like they're not like at their peak. They're kind of like mm-hmm. falling off basically. And like mm-hmm. it's I feel like VidCon should like maybe they don't have access to these creators. Obviously there may be some complications behind the scenes that I may not know about. Like I'm very actually excited. I was looking at the panel piece. I wanted to do a meetup like outside with some like small group of fans or something. And they're showing uh Danny Gonzalez and Drew Gooden, who's like the new face yeah. of like commentary. I think you're wearing a Gus Johnson shirt, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, great yeah, yeah. wave of commentary. I really love <laughs> right. like what they're like bringing to it. Obviously they're also doing skit based stuff as well. Um it's not 100% commentary. It's not the tr- it's not the drama sort of commentary. It's like they're new like it's a different vibe of commentary, but like I'm glad that they're featuring them. I just wish that they would do that more often. You know, there's th- if they could like keep up to date with all the categories of YouTube and like handpick like certain people and invite them. That'd be really cool. Even if somebody can't be a featured creator, mm-hmm. uh, even if they can't have a panel, something like that, it would be awesome to reward them with some recognition and say, yeah. you know what? You matter in your space. Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately, you didn't make the all-star team this year. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. But we would love to have you because mm-hmm. you matter. To a lot of people. You matter to the other creators in your space and you matter to the fans. So please, whatever we can do so you show up, uh, so you interact, that would be awesome. And I don't think that Mm -hmm. happens enough. Yeah, because like you kind of want to walk around VidCon. I know I remember like a really vivid memory of my 2017 VidCon experience. And I walked outside and I that's when I saw Quibble Cop. I saw Boy in the Band. I saw Nerd City. I saw like all these people and I was like, oh my God, there's so many creators. And none of them, almost none of them were featured or like none of them were a special yeah. guest. None of, them, none of them were acknowledged. And it, they kind of felt like bad because like these people have millions of subs. They're like on top of their game. And like, it's just like, they're not even acknowledged in a sense. And it's just kind of sad. Like they don't have to have a panel. Maybe they have like a little booth, like a 45 minute session of like uh, viewers, like seeing each other. Because I walked around VidCon and honestly, it's like a lot of brands. I only spent like an hour in there because I kind of got bored. Maybe it's just maybe, I say it would probably not be my demographic, maybe. Like it's not, it's probably pertains to y- younger people. But there's like a lot of brand name stuff, um, sponsors probably. They pay a, a ton of money to be there. Probably. That's That's the, yeah. that is flat out why they are there. Probably. That's why. Nickelodeon is there and Harry Potter yeah. and Adobe yeah. and because they pay a ridiculous amount of money yeah, of and course. VidCon puts that in their pocket. But and it'd that's, be cool that's if there the was deal. like a booth for also creators. That's why like people are going there. They're not going there. They to, should have a whole, a whole, a hall whole role. Like, for, yeah. Yeah, 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 a whole yeah. section of just you can line up to any of these YouTubers and meet them kind of thing. And maybe they do like it. I know because I go to Insomnia. Insomnia is a gaming convention. It's one of the biggest gaming conventions in uh, England. I've been there maybe three times now. And even I, I'm trying to get into contact with Insomnia as a half a million sub channel. And I'm like hoping that I'll get in. But I know that my friends who had even a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand and they got at least like a 45 minute session as a, at a booth mm-hmm. you know because that's why people go there they go there for you know their fun interactions with friends and to meet these people it's vidcon it's youtube 
you know, like, yeah, that's... but the, the featured creators, <laughs> maybe you don't know this, are not even allowed to walk on the floor, are, are, are not allowed to walk on the floor. So uh, this was instituted, I believe, for the first time last year, mm -hmm. where they said, if you are a featured creator, you are banned from walking through VidCon. And what we will do instead is one of the evenings, we will close VidCon, uh, essentially, and have like a private mm -hmm. time for you to walk around. And that's how it is now. So it's almost, it's literally the exact opposite yeah. of what you would like it to be, which is astounding. We've seen the mob, so I mean, yeah, I understand. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. gonna say, yeah. like Logan Paul like, I running around that, I saw yeah, him, right. I saw him literally, 2017, that's when it happened. I saw him yeah. run past me and I saw him go by and then I just look in front of me and there's a horde of fans. I literally had to like run out of the way. Screaming. It was scary, yeah. yeah. It was like like the old footage of people seeing the Beatles live, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but with like every every single one of them has just slammed three Red Bulls. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah, but you're right. So I mean, you talk about insomnia. I haven't been to insomnia, but I saw so much of it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like uh, people like iNabber, yeah. you know, documented by the minute uh, what was going on there, and it had the feel of everything you just talked about. It's such a good convention. It's very social. Yeah, this is what VidCon used to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's just maybe five, grown six, too seven much. years ago. Well, it's maybe, just too big now. Yeah, maybe there's there's it's room for, for a new convention. Small, I guess like, more intimate. I don't know, more personal. I guess mm -hmm. yeah, uh, more social relaxed thing like like what insomnia had uh, yeah. with the feel of that i think you're right like Probably we literally we literally sit outside like all of us like i never and like james marriott and like all of mm -hmm. us blues dang i'm alex we all sit outside and we just talk to fans like we're literally sat mm -hmm. in the grass one-on-one -on -one conversation it's beautiful you know i always get like i remember i once like uh went up to like a meetup once and i was too scared to like talk to them so i tried to like <laughs> i try to if someone's like looking at me like kind of like you know with their phone they're like ready to take a picture and they can't like come up to me i would feel bad if they like left without getting a picture so do you initiate the conversation like, on their like, behalf yeah, yeah that's, because that's I, great i feel like i have like, I'm not, like, super extroverted. I'm actually way more introverted. I feel like most YouTubers are like that. I just know that I have more confidence to, like, talk to them than they do of me because they're intimidated by me, probably. Because, like, they just see me as, like, this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a weird level thing. Yeah, it's a weird, like, I don't know. It's such, when you can see that you can thing. break the ice for somebody else, like you know you're delivering them a massive favor because yes. you've been in that position 58,000 mm -hmm. times yeah. and would have loved to have somebody oh, like, do yeah. it for you. Yeah, unless you just go crazy like I did when I saw Steve Buscemi <laughs> in Brooklyn. <laughs> so so one day, I'm, I'm walking. I was staying with my brother in Brooklyn, and I woke up early to to go get a bagel and I'm walking down the sidewalk and Steve Buscemi, who I love, uh, actor from Fargo, mm -hmm. Big Lebowski, Boardwalk Empire, uh, Adam Sandler movies. Um, yeah. uh, he's, he's, he is, um, um, how are you doing? The, the hello, oh, how do you do fellow kids? How do you do fellow kids? Yeah. How do you do fellow kids is Steve Buscemi. So I saw him in the middle of the road. I stopped, like my brain just went <laughs> empty. I just went into like, little girl seeing Britney Spears mode <laughs> with Steve Buscemi. And I just kind of like flew up to him. I like lifted off of my feet and I levitated towards Steve Buscemi in the middle of a street in Brooklyn. And I just said, you're Steve Buscemi. <laughs> and you're like and, shaking. <laughs> and, and, and he looks at me and he goes, yeah. <laughs> he probably 
this all the time. I was in LA and I was in a car with my family. And though I'm not like a crazy fan or anything like that, but when you see like a Hollywood person, I saw Jay Leno in a skeleton Duesenberg just driving by. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I just saw fucking Jay Leno. Like, what? <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I was through the roof. Like, we literally were going crazy for about 30 minutes. <laughs> because all we did was just see him. Like, he's you just an saw icon his chin legend. from three miles away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, who is the, the, the YouTuber who you are most likely to Buscemi? That's, that's um, what I really want to know is who would just make you shut down, freak out, and act weird? Honestly, like, it's weird because, like, when you start meeting all these people, it, that that charm kind of goes away. They just become normal people. So, like I said, like, being in the presence of, like, Boy in the Band, Cobble Cop, and, like, all these people, it's just like, oh, wow, they're really, really normal, you know? But if When you I, realize they're <laughs> actually mortals. <laughs> if, if, I, if I probably saw PewDiePie just like anyone, honestly, I'd probably be like... Oh God, how do I act? <laughs> because like, <laughs> because like, I've been watching him since Happy Wheels. I've literally been subbed to him and just been keeping up to date with his career. And you know, you see like, it's really interesting because you see the fluctuations. You see like his lows and his highs and like, you know, you get to know him as a person, but you still don't know him as a person. I see sometimes like when he claps with other people and he like, he's not the same person that he is. Like, he's not a bad person. He's not like anything. He's just a little bit more quiet and reserved. I do think he's actually like a really quiet and reserved person. It's just like everyone else who's a YouTuber who has to be really like expressive. So it's like really interesting. But yeah, it would definitely be PewDiePie. I think he's a very interesting character. That's a solid answer. So here at the Create Unknown, we love to express the creativity of our guests. And we like to do that by asking a Random question that has no answer whatsoever, and you just need to make up the answer oh, on the no. spot. You know, there's there's no right, there's no wrong. It's just whatever comes to mind. And uh, the question that I have for you is: I'd love if you could tell us about the first person who carved up soap, and 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 why they carved up soap, and what their story was. So probably what happened was they were. You know, they didn't have access to clay. They didn't have access to a lot of things. And they probably used to carve up sticks. And then one day, you know, making like spears and stuff like that. You know, kind of like primitive technologies. Like, <laughs> cool. I love that channel. Anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> um, they probably, you know, their wife was probably cleaning something and they saw this soap and they're like, you know, I could carve something out of this. You know, it's like a very like malleable, like carvable thing. And so uh, they probably carved up like a little duck and they gave it to their ch child or something like that. <laughs> this <laughs> soap duck has turned into and the then... origin story of Dolan Dark. <laughs> it did. Oh, wow. It did. <laughs> and, then, and then that's how the rubber ducky was made. Oh, So the wow. rubber ducky was a soap ducky. Yeah. That kind of makes sense because you like put that. it in the in the tub with you. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, honestly, when you were talking <laughs> about like primitive technology carving, I thought you were going to say they made like a soap knife. And they killed someone and then they ran crying to their father. That's kind of plausible. Though. It's actually yeah. crazy, though, because you say that. But like I've seen people make sharp objects out of like the weirdest things. Like they'll just keep layering and layering and layering it together. Like they made a paper knife and it was, it was actually able to cut through stuff. Like shanks in prison. Yeah, yeah. 
That's where that's the direction these sauce too should go. And compressing it and right. compressing it and then sharpening it. Just shank tutorials. Prison shank tutorials. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think that's a great place to stop. I think it's a great place to start, but, but yeah, okay. This is the ASMR section of the uh, podcast. <laughs> is it? it is. We didn't even get into your, your future ASMR career. No. That'll be next time. Uh, Anna, thank you so much for joining us. You are the first of your crew to appear on the Create Unknown, but we'll, we'll get the, the rest of those rascals on here. Those rascally whippersnappers <laughs> <laughs> at some point. The non-boomers <laughs> at some point. It was great point. talking to you guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You are about to exit. This episode is brought to you by Rode Microphones. Their awesome mics deliver the sweet, intoxicating sounds of our vocal reverberations directly into your ear holes. If you want to use the audio equipment that we do, just go to Rode.com. That's R-O-D-E.com and start sounding amazing. Special thanks to King Anna. Go check her out on YouTube. Check her out on Twitter. Check her out on Discord. She's very, 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 very funny, very awesome, and just kind of a, a good friend to have on the old internet. We've got more info down in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Those reviews really help us out and it's free to do for you. So, you know, go ahead. Also, please say hi to us on our Discord and on Twitter at Create Unknown. Subscribe to The Create Unknown for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, whatever that may be. It's your choice. You are a divine individual. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at The Create Unknown. Our website is thecreateunknown.com. If you want to see the show with your eyeballs, then tune in on YouTube. We also post clips on our highlights channel, links in the description. The Create Unknown is produced by Triangle Content. We've been your hosts, Kevin Lieber, that's me, and Matt Tabor, that's Matt Tabor. Check us out on YouTube at Vsauce2. Executive producer is Dave Kiney. Rhymes with shiny. This episode was edited by Adam Ganong. Our theme song is by the incredible Mega Drive. Special thanks to Paula Lieber, Maura Lewitt, and Dorothy Kiney. And that's it. See you, Space Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs>